and welcome you to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta, C70 at bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, is Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. It's another week without baseball as we get closer. You know, it's kind of funny, Tara. We're here, you know, normally we'd be a week to the what they call the quarter pole, basically, you know, Memorial Day weekend, that idea that, well, by the time you get to this point, you start to know what your team actually is. We have no idea what anybody's team actually is. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, it's just a little bit strange. Time is time is always weird. It's been really weird this year. But it seems to me a little bit strange that we're almost to that traditional start of summer. I have no idea what time of year it actually is. I mean, <laughs> you know how generally you kind of have a, a feeling about spring and, and when it's sort of that right right between spring and summer, the weather starts to be a little more consistent and, you know, schools are getting out and all of those things. Like I genuinely, the weather here has been absolutely insane and Mm -hmm. it's basically snowing one day and then it's 85 the next and then it's thunderstorms. And then it, so like, it doesn't even feel like a season. It's just, I don't know what it is. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's no sports to help us keep track of, of the time of year and there's no school and there's no, there's no, you know, work for me. And it's, so I have no idea what it should feel like right now, but I did sort of look up at, uh, the calendar the other day and I was like, Oh man, this is, yeah, I don't, know how I feel about this <laughs> because so many things should be happening right now. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely hard to kind of wrap my brain around how far we are through the spring at this point. Yeah. Between the virus and the re- weird weather and some other things. I mean, I still don't believe all those people that started talking about the, you know, four horsemen running around, but <laughs> they got a little bit more credence credence than, uh, uh-huh. than maybe they would on a normal day. Um, it, it's been weird. Um, and it's not likely to get any unweirder, which is not a word. It doesn't um, matter anytime. at this point. Nothing, yeah. nothing matters. If, if we don't know what time is, I'm sure we don't know what language is either. Right. So, um, but we're still at very best, probably six weeks away from actual baseball. We might, we might be a month or less away from some sort of pseudo spring training too. Um, and there's still a lot to, to be figured out, but this weekend they've, they didn't, I guess it got leaked. I don't know how, if it's an official release, I don't know what, it, how it worked. It's basically official release because it was way too detailed for me. Just, Oh, we snuck this out. Um, the, the plan, the, the health part of the plan that they sent to the, that the owners sent to the players. Um, it's a very, I felt very detailed plan, even more so than I expected. I mean, I, I kind of felt like, you know, there would be a lot of things covered, but I, you know, I, I felt like the, the players would probably be able to say, okay, we, we want this and this and this, or there's going to be some negotiation. I feel like the owners probably did a pretty good job of laying stuff out to the point that it's going to be difficult for the players to say, we don't want to play because we don't feel like you're treating our health well enough. To some extent. Yes. I I agree with that. Although I think it's very easy to make the argument that if your health plan has to be 67 plus pages, <laughs> then you shouldn't be playing baseball. That that's a good point. Um because it's 
insane the kinds of restrictions and the kinds of limits and the kinds of things that are involved in this. And that is not to say all of those things aren't necessary. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a professional in any of those fields. I'm not going to sit here and tell you whether a pitcher or a first baseman licking his fingers is or is not okay. But if there's that much detail involved, if it has to go to those extremes, it again comes back to this thing that we all keep saying, if it's not safe to play baseball, then it's not safe. Like you can't mm -hmm. make it be safe because you put it all on paper. <laughs> but even if you're cool with the fact that it's super complicated and, and rather restrictive, the thing that this doesn't seem to address to me adequately is what happens if someone gets sick. Mm -hmm. And that to me is far bigger of an issue than did someone spit in the dirt before they stepped in the batter's box or did someone, you know, not use hand sanitizer for the sixth time after a half inning and they skipped that one. Like all those things are, are fine and good and well, but tell me what happens if someone does get sick. If despite all of those precautions, someone gets sick because someone at the hotel or at a restaurant or whatever ends up infecting someone on the team and then then what happens that's the part of this plan that to me is still missing a lot of detail and that should probably be the part that's the clearest at this point and it's still not and you know there are all these sort of side conversations these rumors that well they wouldn't have to shut things down for the whole team because they could just quarantine that one person and and test everyone else and then you know <laughs> replace them with somebody on this evidently 50 man roster or whatever mm -hmm. and it would all be fine that sounds great but based on what we've seen and how this virus spreads it's not particularly reasonable <laughs> to assume that if one guy ends up sick and tests positive that there isn't going to be anyone else that does even on the nba teams that we saw right there were multiple teams where multiple players ended up testing positive not everyone but multiple players on a team and that made continuing to play and share close quarters very difficult if not entirely unwise so that's the part of this plan that is missing to me um and and yes i think that on the part of the owners they're i guess you can give them credit for being thorough with the rest <laughs> of it but I think it almost backfired in the sense that if this has to be that complicated, is it actually a, a reasonable risk to ask these players to take? Yeah. And I mean, that's where it's going to boil down to. And you could say that maybe what the owners wanted, because they're going to be able to say, look, we did everything we could do, but the players didn't want to play. And that always seems to work out not well for the players when that kind of thing happens. Yeah. We've already seen enough people that are willing to jump on that, the anti-player bandwagon on the money side of things. Um, so it's, it's not surprising that we'll see um, some people do this on the health things. I, you know, I agree with you don't uh, completely on this. I mean, there comes a point where, I mean, one, if it takes this much to be safe, is it worth it? But also, if you can't recognize the sport to some degree, you know, what, yeah. what do you want to see? I mean, is it, is it really enough? And, and I granted it very well may be because we're fairly starved for entertainment right now, which 
is also a little bit icky here because we're like, okay, guys, go risk your health because we're bored. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it's still, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. It's gone. But it's, I, I do think that you're right in that this, like everything else that Major League Baseball's ownership does, it sets them up to be the hero and the players to be the villain if things don't start happening. And it's such an unfortunate dynamic between those two parties, but that's not really new, right? This is how it has always been. It just hasn't always been so obvious if you're looking for it. And that's the thing. I was having a a conversation um, earlier I guess over the weekend about this and the fact that we a lot of times will say, oh, you know, it's it's awfully coincidental that, um, you know, the the five rounds of the draft or um, the cost that it, they're saving with uh, eliminating certain minor league teams is the equivalent cost of what it's going to take to raise pay for minor league. All these things are not coincidence, (laughs) right? There's someone who understands every X and every O and knows exactly how to get to where they want to go without taking the direct route that everyone's going to find to be terribly unacceptable, unpalatable. So this is a kind of thing that major league baseball does on a regular basis. And it's not surprising then that the, the reaction would be, Well, the players wanted a plan on the health front. So the first thing the owners presented them with was a plan on the health front. Mm -hmm. Now it's in the hands of the players to accept or reject the plan that they asked for. And that's exactly the same kind of script that we've seen with the money. It's the same thing that we've seen with all these other concessions they're being asked to make. But to your point, it is a matter of how much risk is too much risk. And the owners don't necessarily get to decide that for the players because they're not the ones on the field and neither do the fans as much as we want baseball we're not the ones out there we're not the ones surrounding ourselves with people who are in and out of any part of real life for the duration of the summer whether they play in their own ballparks or they play in specific locations whatever that looks like there is still a risk involved and for everyone that wants to come at me and tell me that it's really not that big of a risk and that they should stop whining and they're not risking their lives or whatever like just don't because (laughs) to me that's not a valid reaction to this Mm -hmm. when there are stories and stories and stories of real life people who have real really been affected by this whether they had a family member die or they had the the virus themselves and are like permanently affected. Their health is permanently affected by it. Don't tell me it's not real. Okay. Mm-hmm. And don't tell these players that they need to just suck it up and play anyway, because they're not really taking that much of a risk. I told someone the other day, it's easy to gamble with someone else's life. And that's what we're really asking these players to do, right, is is take a chance with their own lives, with their loved ones, with the people that they're around for the sake of entertainment. And yes, on that level, it feels very icky <laughs> and kind of like, wow, do we need a, a reality check in, in some areas of our priorities? But as we say often when we're talking about these things that you can say, oh, well, it's just baseball. Yes, but that's what we're doing here, right? That's why we're here. That's why we're talking about it is because we all want baseball. We like talking about baseball. We like analyzing baseball. And this is part of 
that story right now, like it or not. And, um, you know, now I'm rambling because I get I get so frustrated when when people try to um, dismiss the risk that other people are taking because it's not the same risk that they've experienced. Um, And that's that's really just not fair to the players or to the people who are going out of their way to try to make sure that people stay safe. Yeah, I mean, I will will say, you know, obviously a lot of people watch Blake Snell's um, discussion of this. Um, And it did come off a little bit extreme. Yeah. But but he's he's not entirely wrong, like you said. I mean, the biggest thing really is we don't necessarily know what kind of, you know, are are most of these players going to be perfectly fine if they catch it? Maybe, you know, to the point that they're not going to die from it. But we don't know what kind of lingering effects there are. We still don't know if they're going to be able. I mean, even if if a guy loses 5, 10% of lung capacity for some reason out of this, at the level that they're at, that could be the difference between, you know, playing or not playing or becoming a, you know, fully realizing their potential or not quite making it to, to that level. Um and it's hard to say, well, yeah, you just have to take that risk. And, and maybe some of them will. Some of the players are going to feel that way. Some mm-hmm. of the players are going to say, I'm going to, you know, the odds of me getting this and the, with all this going on are, are completely so low that I'm, I'm willing to take that on. But there are some that are going to say, look, there are a lot of different aspects of this that, you know, if everything works absolutely right, this is great. But, you know, chances of everything working absolutely right are, are not real good. So I'm going to yeah. sit it out. I'm going uh, to make ahead. a comparison <laughs> that's probably very bad and people are going to be mad about it, but whatever. Wait, no, I'm supposed to do the bad comparisons. Why, yeah, why yeah you, you know, that? every once in a while. Um, <laughs> it's a bad comparison because I think it's a, a bad premise to, to start with, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Um, Carlos Martinez. Shows up to spring training, not in super good shape. Didn't really follow the plan that the organization set out for him a couple of years ago, right? Right. People lost their minds because he wasn't taking his job seriously and he wasn't putting himself in a position to succeed. And it was immature for him to just disregard the physical preparation side of the game, right? Is Mm -hmm. that fair to say? Yep. Yep. Okay. We want Carlos Martinez to take every part of his life seriously for the sake of baseball. Because that's his job, right? Is mm-hmm. to what he eats and how much he goes out at night and what he does when he's out and who he's with and how irresponsible he is with the decisions that he makes and how fast he drives his car and when he's working out and when he isn't and what kind of workouts he's doing and whether he's doing them appropriately and intensely enough, right? Those are all things we expect him to do because his job is to be a professional athlete 24-7. Why then would we shame players for taking their health that seriously when it's an outside circumstance, right? Like if there's a risk of limited lung capacity or, you know, there's a whole list of things that people are finding out this affects, whether it affects their liver or it affects, you know, any number of processes in your body. Is it not hypocritical to... (laughs) condemn a player for taking his health that seriously in this light compared to Carlos Martinez, who we can 
discuss as immature and irresponsible for not working out hard enough? Like, is there not a, a, a fair comparison to make there about how seriously an athlete should take their physical capacity? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, because you're right. We do tend to think they should, well, heck, they should stick to sports, you know, to some degree. Right. I mean, even if you want to get away from the, that, it's like they should be dedicated 100% to their, their craft. And to some people, that means that they don't even need to hear another, you know, anything that's not baseball come out from them. Uh, you know, this is, this is being 100% dedicated to their craft and saying, look, I can't do this at this. There I don't are, feel like I can do this. There are phrases in contracts about things that they cannot do, like right. skiing or four-wheeling or a horseback riding or whatever, because of the risk associated with it and how that would adversely impact their ability to do their job. Yeah. This is I'm, that just with the element of the unknown. I am pretty sure that if... Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, anybody wanted to take a trip to Italy earlier this year that their team would have been, no, you don't need to go right. because there was a really high risk of catching the virus. Now, again, there, this is to some degree is th th what the team is doing now is, is saying the same thing. We don't want you out and about. So we're going to create this environment that right. hopefully will keep the, the, the virus out. And I get that, but you know, it's up to you of how much you trust the the procedures, how much you trust everything that's going in. And again, there are players, as we continue, we always think of players as amazing specimens of, you know, 100% top health, everything. They're, they're great players. And most of them are, but there are some, you know, we've got Jordan Hicks, uh, who's, who deals with diabetes. Um, David Dahl out in... Um, Colorado lost just you know has no spleen so he's really high risk at some of these some of these guys are going to run into this and if they don't their family members may to the point that they're like even if there's only a one percent chance I catch this that one percent can be so devastating to me or my family that I'm not going to take that risk now that opens up mm -hmm. the other side of this is what happens if baseball comes back because even the commissioner has basically said they can't force players to play, right. you know, one, you, I'm sure, they, I mean, just morally you can't, but two, what kind of look is that? You know, in baseball, although always, not always cognizant of how bad things look, even they know that, you know, forcing players to play through a pandemic is probably not the best idea. But then how do you deal with some of the issues that go around that? You know, you and I were talking before the show and there's, there's service time, there's pay, there's, you know, for some of these guys, and that's another story, but, you know, some of these guys that aren't even going to play, like these minor league guys, you know, that could be a, a free agents at the end of the year. Well, how does all that work? I know they're still trying to figure it out, but is there a good, is there a good solution in your mind? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's very complicated because in everything that we've seen so far, the options have been discussed basically around two options. The, the options have been discussed around two options. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, I might be losing my mind a little bit, but um, the, the, the way those things could play out depends on two things. Is there a season or is there not a season? 
right? There hasn't been a ton of breakdown as far as what a partial season looks like that someone just refuses to play in. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets a little weird, right? If there's no season, there are agreements in place about service time and about pay and all of those things. If there's a partial season, there there is an agreement in place about pay, even though the owners are are trying to alter that now um, and, and how that would affect service time. So what becomes complicated, as you were saying, is if there's a player who just isn't willing to take the risk and chooses not to play. What does that look like? I mean, in any normal season, if a guy just chose not to play, I would assume there's some language in the contracts that would uh, eliminate the responsibility from the team to pay someone who simply chose not to come to work. Um, But I don't know how you kind of make that judgment call when people are weighing the risk for themselves or the people around them. And and if that becomes different or if it's still just as sort of cold and hard-hearted as business tends to be, and that's just the the cost of making that choice for the good of their family or for the, the safety of the people that they're around. And unfortunately, they'll just have to deal with the consequences of that. I don't know. And service time is a whole different issue. And, and um, there, like I said, there were things in place for kind of outlining what that looks like without a season. But I don't know what that does if the season happens, like a major league season happens, or at least part of one does, but a minor league season doesn't. What happens to those guys then? And and I would assume the part about not having a season then would apply to the minor leaguers. But what about, you know, a minor leaguer who ends up on the the taxi squad and and how does that fit into all of that conversation. It just goes layers and layers and layers deep. And, um, you know, they're trying to make all those decisions in such a short amount of time that something's going to fall through the cracks and then it's going to come back to haunt them at some point. And and that's what everyone, um, you know, we're kind of just waiting for all those pieces to come together, but there are so many pieces. Yeah, there are. There's a lot of different things that, that go into this and, Thankfully, we aren't the ones that have to decide it. And it's really one of those things that there's not going to be a perfect solution. I mean, there are going to be players that may get punished for not playing. But, you know, I think there's some, uh, there is that argument that I think some fans would make of, you know, my job got shut down, my business got shut down, whatever, because of this, I couldn't work for this period of time. I didn't get paid. You know, I, I think that, that may be the argument that they go with. I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a mess all the way around. That's to the point that, like you say, to some degree, it's, it's, it's easier. Let's put it that way. Easier financially. Um, and with contracts and everything like that, if the season doesn't happen, I mean, that's just, that is the, the way of it. And, you know, I know that the owners and players both have a have an agreement, how, and they want to play, and the owners will want to bring in more money than they're than they're doing. But there comes a point that you start wondering: Is it worth going to all these hoops, all these issues, all these things that are going to come up to do a season this year? I, I mean, obviously, we want to see a season, but I mean, where does that line get drawn? Yeah, there has to be a point of no return somewhere, right? Where you just realize we're not going to get it done quick enough. It's not going to be safe soon enough to make all these things happen. And I don't know what that line is. I don't know where that 
again, talking about the idea of risk, how much risk is too much risk. I don't know what that line is either right now, because there's still so much that's unknown. And there is such wide ranging opinions about how much risk there really is and how people should be responding to it. And all of that comes into play here in trying to make a a wise and an educated decision. And when you sort of almost poison wisdom with, (laughs) with money, um, mm-hmm. then it becomes even more difficult to make the right decision. But y- you, not to you know, add another dark cloud to this mix, but we're all sort of operating with the understanding that the elephant in the room is the upcoming CBA. And increasing tension between the Players Association and the owners is probably not helpful right now in that mm-hmm. regard. And trying to force a bunch of changes through for the sake of half a season so that then you can do this all over again. I'm not sure on a a PR front, that's great for baseball either to have this whole debate play out and end up not playing baseball this year or playing with some disgruntled superstars and then do it all over again when it comes to the CBA negotiations. It's a, it's a very sort of precarious line in trying to get baseball back to um, capitalize on the opportunity to have eyes on your sport and in kind of catapulting that off in the other direction and doing a lot of damage to the the way that fans perceive the game and its players. Yeah. And there's still that there's still that talk about another dark cloud, that looming idea that, you know, this may have a second wave that right. we may see you know, we might see baseball come back in July and play July, August, maybe somewhat of September. But what happens if cases start flaring up in September and you've put two and a half months into this and then you have to shut down because there's no playoffs? I mean, is that better than nothing? Probably. But it's still very frustrating to really to go through all these, jump through all these hoops and all this and then and then have to be shut down again. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I saw somebody, I don't remember who now s- suggest that all of this, because of the financial issues that go into this and, you know, free agency is going to be terrible this year and probably next year, um, as, as owners try to recoup a little bit of what they've lost and things of that nature, that there's almost guarantees a strike, uh, in 2022 or a strike or a lockout or something of that nature. Uh, on the flip side of that, I mean, granted, baseball makes stupid decisions, but being that there is going to be half a year or no year um, in in this thing, uh, would that be would they be less likely to want to lose parts of a season because they've just done that? Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that. I think it sort of depends on your perspective on the the dynamic between those two parties as a whole, because yes, there's definitely going to be um, a bit of a push to not lose any more time. But I also think that depending on how the owners in particular, and, and to some degree the players association as well, how they handle this current situation, it's going to have, ripple effects for how things go down between the two parties in the next round. So um, yes, I think that there will be some lingering desire to not miss out on any more baseball. 
how that comes into play as far as priorities mm-hmm. <laughs> with the players or with the owners, I don't know. Yeah, that's of course we we never really know wow. how these guys are going to do <laughs> or what they're going to do, unless it's you know the absolute worst possible thing, and then that's probably what right, like a five round draft, the right. absolute worst possible thing, which. Five round draft where you defer, you know, the, the slot money to the next two years, isn't it? I mean, they get like a hundred thousand now. The rest of it in the next two years, lump sum, yeah. you know, type of thing. And everybody that's drafted afterwards only gets twenty thousand dollars. So, yeah, it's terrible. It's so bad. I, I mean, there's got to be a ton of. If you're not a college senior, I don't know why you would go into this draft. Yeah. Well, right. and and I was talking about this um, with a group on a. Uh, different podcast, um, Turn and Pair Baseball. That show will come out sometime this week. And we were talking about this with that group of people. Just the fact that if you're if you only have five, if you're only drafting five players, essentially, you better not miss. <laughs> yeah. Like the pressure yeah. on coming up with major leaguers with those five picks is enormous. And not everybody's going to hit on all five of those picks because you usually don't, but you're obviously trying to get the best of the best, but you're taking away some of the depth that makes the minor leagues as good as they are at developing major league talent. So, you know, it's, it's just such a, a short term solution that has long-term effects and um you know again conveniently it's not convenient at all it's going to play into cutting the draft the next year which plays into eliminating minor league teams which plays into trying to make most of the development happen in the college game although the college game is suffering right now as well because of all of this Mm -hmm. schools are canceling their baseball programs so it's going to be a mess in a couple of years and cutting the draft to five rounds is only going to add to that mess. Well, and I've even seen the possibility and I would not at all rule it out that some teams will, you know, draft their player and lowball them this year yeah. with the idea that if they don't take that, you know, then they get the draft pick next year because that's what the first five rounds, first five rounds or farther, maybe it's the first 10. There's at least some time where there's protected where if you don't sign your player, you get the same a pick in the same round the next mm-hmm. year. So, you know, you could see teams saying, "Okay, we're going to either get you really cheap, or we're just going to wait till next year, and that's just one less contract we have to pay this year." So, baseball is dumb sometimes. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, now that we've been so on so that full, cheery we've, note, <laughs> yeah, we've been full of sunshine this whole entire time. Um, Tara and I will most likely be with you next week. And, and honestly, before we before we sign off, though, this and Alan and I have talked about this before. This is a situation where they've got to figure this out, like this week or next. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're kind of getting into this, you know, time period where if decisions aren't made and aren't ratified, aren't figured out, it gets to the point where you're not going to have a season because it's going to keep pushing it down. So, do you think? I'll put you on the spot. Do you think we get a agreement this week that sets up all this, you know, this whole plan and we know 
maybe this time next week when we're doing a show that we know the Cardinals will be reporting in two weeks? You know, I really do anticipate both parties doing everything they can to get baseball this season. I really do. I just think that it's super complicated to get there. So what that looks like, what an, uh, uh, what an acceptable um, compromise looks like, I still don't really know because like I said, the 67 plus page document is great in being thorough. It's a little terrifying in being necessary. (laughs) Um, And that doesn't even deal yet with the financial side of it that hasn't even been presented officially to the players mm-hmm. association so there there's still a lot to figure out um i think the bottom line is everyone wants there to be baseball they just want it to be safe and they want it to be fair as fair as possible under the circumstances and it, will they get there i i honestly don't know i i my opinion changes from day to day, depending on who is who has spoken out most most loudly the day before. Um, I, I feel like at this point, I think there will be an agreement to the extent that if we get permission to play, here's what it'll look like. I just don't know if they'll get permission to play. So I think it all sort of still hangs in the balance of whether or not they're given the okay to pursue this plan in the first place. Yeah, this really does feel like I think it's going to come down to the last day or two that yeah. they, you know, that have possibilities to the point that, you know, it may be that they agree to it in June and then push it back to, you know, a week after the 4th of July or assume that you don't need that much time in spring. It's going to be interesting to see what that happens. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. if you're taking another, you know, you don't have to get your starters to five innings worth of, you know, you maybe only have to get them to where they can go through three with all the extra players that you have available. Right. Um, so lots of, lots of different ramifications there, but um, it's going to, it's going to have to happen at some point. We can, we're getting to the point where the, we're, we're going to run out of things to talk about on it because we're going <laughs> to run out of time. So um, we'll, we'll have to see, but Tara and I will be with you next week, whether they decide anything or not. And um, we'll talk about whatever happens this week then, I guess. So for Tara, that's the, I, <laughs> We're we're missing this. For Tara, I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.